What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam tonight. And hey, you call upon your cousins, and they come helping you out just like a family member should. And it is another edition of the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Every week we go over stories from around the NFL and sports, what you can find on our great site, FantasyAlarm.com. And we have a little fun along the way. And you know when Ryan Hallam joins the party, the fun factor is turned up to 12 at that point. Ryan, the audience is waiting. The ratings are waiting to rise. How the hell are you? So much pressure just to put it up right at the 12 like that. Ah, man, I'm doing good. Uh, Got got through uh, a lot of my big content pieces for the NFL this week, uh, so I get a, a little bit of a hiatus uh, over the next day or two with you know lesser stuff. But uh, you know the game preview is posted today. The wide receiver cornerback article will be posted tomorrow. Uh, so looking forward to just hanging out with you, uh, doing an hour of a little chatting instead of typing, and you know more NFL and fantasy football, and baby, that's what we live for the next few months. That's right. And no matter what happens, and that especially means COVID as well, we roll with the punches. And now we have another game, the Bills and the Titans hanging in the balance right now. And if you didn't learn from last week and you didn't catch us on Fantasy Alarm Sports Talk, Ryan and I are normally together to start your week every single Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern on the site. And, oh, this show has been one big infomercial thus far for FantasyAlarm.com. <laughs> but, wait, look, we're on a lot of stuff. That's the thing. You know, people want to see Ryan Hallam. So, Ryan, yeah, there's, I mean, why else are Impemba and Cells not on tonight? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Huh? Network yeah. came in, said that, ah, uh, you know what, we're going to do without them tonight. They want the ratings boost. It sweeps time. So, Ryan, let's talk about what's been going on because, you and I started talking about this on Monday, 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern, every Monday on the site. We talked about how commissioners 24 hours before the game or rather 20, within 24 hours before kickoff this past Sunday, they went to their mm-hmm. leagues and said, look, because we don't know what the deal is with the Patriots-Chiefs game, whether or not it's going to play, it could get canceled like that. We are going to allow subs. And I agreed with that, and then I enacted it in my league. I got nothing but praise. I got no complaints. I got no traditionalists telling me, oh, you didn't write that in the language in your rules and your COVID contingency plan. I felt that it was the right thing to do. I thought it was unfair. And now that we have this situation going on with the game hanging in the balance, I'm ready to do it again. And if I have to do a little bit of extra work as commissioner, I know what I signed up for, just like I know what I sign up for every single year, a big stinking pile of poopy that is being a fantasy sports commissioner, especially in 2020, the poopiest of all seasons, Ryan. You know why I really like this rule? And I'll tell you, and I didn't think about this on Monday. I thought about this while you were just on your little rant right there. You know where it really hurt me, COVID, and it obviously hurt everyone because was fantasy baseball. I got stuck in the poop shoot on every team that I played in fantasy baseball due to COVID. And of course, there was a lot more cases. There was a lot. You know, the Marlins didn't play for like a week and a half. The Cardinals didn't play for a week and a half, and all these other complications that came from it. And you know where I finished in a lot of fantasy baseball leagues, dead friggin' last, because I came out of the gate crushed by all the problems and all the changes and the pitchers not being stretched out because they were in COVID and the, the players not, you know, the you know, batters not coming into the season ready because they had co- like, and, and most of my, I didn't draft any teams after the break. Everything I drafted was before we knew this was happening. 
And I got, I got killed. I came in last in Tout Wars. I came in last in Labor. And it's like I got off to such a bad start before I even got out of the gate that I couldn't even make up for it. Uh, and then any injury in, in baseball was, was you know, crushing because it was only 60 games. So I'm, I'm really happy. You still have a job with us. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I, I'm uh, Last place in two industry leagues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so – I like I love that football is like giving you a chance to not have that happen. Like if I had a couple extra spots for Jack Flaherty or or you know um, Goldschmidt or, or anybody from the Marlins, uh, you know where I could have filled in for a little bit of time, I might have been able to to stay a little competitive in the beginning, and then you know maybe my interest would have you know stayed there. Not that I gave up mentally on tout or labor, of course. Uh, but, you know, you're playing against the best of the best. You start out bad, you're, you're having a hard time catching up. But fantasy baseball sucked this year because of it. And I'm glad that fantasy football uh, owners took some time, learned from baseball's mistakes, and are giving you a little bit, not necessarily a do-over, but at least a little bit of a break. I'll tell you this. I mean, now I know why I finished in second place in the Family Times Listener League for fantasy baseball. And that's because I didn't have any Cardinals. I didn't have any Marlins. I had very little Mariners exposure. And I was good to go. And I got Mike Trout fifth overall, which ended up working out well for me. So I'll take that. Still didn't win the championship. Still pretty unhappy about it. Andy Spiteri at the last oh. second, out of nowhere, boom, hit the top of the leaderboard. It's almost like he was like, oh, I'll wait till the final week and then move up the standings. Ryan, it's been a crazy fantasy football season, though. It's gotten to the point where now when it comes to waivers, we're bidding on guys that could be looking at being in the outhouse once injured players return into Ernest Johnson and Justin Jackson as well. There are a few leagues. I had one of my 12 that Joshua Kelly was on waivers. I actually put of my hundred dollars wow. fab and I had nothing. I, I pretty much, when it came to my running backs, I have Josh Jacobs and then a bunch of crap afterwards. I did two things. Number one, I, I traded because I had stacked receivers. I traded Jamison Crowder for Mark Ingram. I'm not jumping for joy. It's something. I can't start Jordan Howard. Chase Edmonds, I'm gaining more trust in, but I need more than Chase Edmonds as my running back too. So I got Mark Ingram, who, okay, he's a Band-Aid for a few weeks. Then what I did was I put 35 of, I believe it was my 93 remaining dollars of fab on Joshua Kelly. Did not even come close. Went for 65 so. to an 0 and 4 team that already had two dominant backs. But because his receivers are so crappy, and the receiver pool, in my opinion, is pretty crappy on waivers this week. Sorry, Tim Patrick. I felt he he still felt inclined. Well, at least I'll shore up my flex because we have two of them in my league. Yeah, it's funny. We were talking about that on Monday, and I think you crapped on Tim Patrick then too, uh, <laughs> which I which I agree uh, with. But you know. Uh, I think he he might have some short term value. Noah Fant is out. KJ Hamler's already been out. So you know the Broncos are running out of options. So, but yeah, I agree that Patrick's value is going to be short lived. Hopefully for him, Drew Locke comes back this week, which looks about fifty fifty right now. Uh, but right, you're right. There was uh, there was some more uh, traction to be had at the running back than than wide receiver this year this week uh, on waivers. Kelly, I'm not surprised he went for that much to be honest. And funny thing was, you know, some of the uh, some of the family, some of our fans, uh, you know, reach out to me, DM me and stuff on Twitter. And uh, one of them did today. And we were talking about this, the Ernest Johnson. And he told me in a league that he's in, with, it must be with some of you guys, 
Uh, Howard bid $77 on Ernest Johnson and got him. And that I was like, well, I guess him and I have a very different opinion on that player because I would not have bid, as I said to you on Monday, I would not have bid that much money on, Ryan, on somebody. I, I thought it was a mistake. And when I was on Fantasy Alarm Sports Talk, I actually asked Howard if he made a typo, essentially made a mistake. He <laughs> bid over $800 of oh my his God. Thousand. I believe it, it was either over 600 or over 800 It was something crazy because – I thought I put a decently high bid for Dernish Johnson in the 100s. I didn't even come close. He, he, I believe it was over 800 on Dernish Johnson. His whole rationale behind that was he was the Nick Chubb owner, number one. There are no running backs, number two. He is two and two. He's ahead. We're both two and two in our host league, and he's ahead of me in points, so I know that, but he's not that far ahead of me, which is pretty bad. And so with that, he felt like he would go all in now. Otherwise, who is he going to spend it on? So that's kind of how he felt. And look, I get it going for broke. And if you're going to go for broke and you're believing that Kareem Hunt won't have 20 carries and this Browns team, even without Nick Chubb, is still going to be very heavily invested in committing to the run. I understand it. That was a lot of money he put up for him, though. Uh, yeah, I mean. I understand the rationale. I don't think I agree with it. I mean, it is week five. Uh, you know, we have a long way to go. And two and two isn't that bad. I mean, I don't know. Is it four? You know what, though, Ryan? That? I got to be honest with you, man. And I'm and I'm just admitting here. I'm two and two in a few leagues. And I have one of the worst point totals in the league. And I feel like crap. I feel like my team's not that good. And that really sucks. Like, it's one thing if I'm two and two, my team point total is in the middle of the road compared to the rest of the league. I'm last, second to last. I don't think my team is good. I think I just got lucky with a couple of good matchups. And I'm fearing what's going to happen to me next because I'm in a league where a bunch of us are two and two. And I'm at the bottom. And I freaking hate that. Yeah, but we also do preach every Monday that hey, you're not out of it. Hey, keep fighting. I mean, let's 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 take a look. I mean, let's say uh, you know, uh, I don't know who goes down next week. Let's say James Conner goes down next week, and then we have like a Benny Snell who might be on some rosters, but I don't think he's on a lot of rosters. I, I'd feel much better going all in on a guy who you know on the, the next injury. Let's be honest, they're happening left and right this year. Uh, you know, than a guy that I really don't have any faith is going to have really much of an impact i really feel like hunt is going to be the man johnson will get seven to nine carries but i really don't see him having any significant fantasy impact and to blow your entire budget left in week five on a guy that i don't really have a lot of confidence in whether i'm the nick chubb owner or not i've got to wait for me to blow 80 percent of my budget or probably more because he's probably made other pickups before now He's blowing 90% of his budget. It better be something really good and something that's going to last me hopefully the whole season. And, and, it's, and it's hard, and it's hard to, to determine this, Ryan, because, yeah, yeah, we had two running back injuries this week. What happens if all of a sudden we have five or six weeks in a row where we have just wide receiver or tight end injuries? It can happen. That's, it can, but that's, with Dernish Johnson, it's 35 yards for the next six weeks and didn't really help you. You're 100% right. And that's the thing. It's when it comes to spending your budget. I mean, Mike Davis, people shied away because they knew Christian McCaffrey was coming back. But here's the deal. If you play the short game, when it comes to that, if you view these players as band-aids and be like, okay, I'm going to get four to five weeks out of Mike Davis. And then Christian McCaffrey comes back. I get all my production back. And all I have to worry about 
is week 13 when McCaffrey's on a bye, unless he gets hurt again. Then I'm going to keep Davis anyway, because McCaffrey got hurt one time. It is an ankle. It can happen again, even more severe. So you're going to keep Davis stashed at that point. But at the end of the day, I feel like I used to be that guy. I used to always save my budget until the end. And it made no sense. There have been times where I just like having 30% of my budget to go. That way, I can block my opponent in the championship by getting a Brashad Perriman like I did last year. There's no one way to do it, Ryan. But at the same time, I feel like just waiting, it's kind of like holding your budget in the auction for the first hour and a half just so you can have the hammer. It turns on you in fantasy football. It, it certainly does. I agree. We've talked. We talked a lot about auctions uh, before the season started, and I agree with you there. Uh, I don't know. I just I, to to blow your budget on. If Kareem Hunt wasn't there, I'm cool blowing a ton of money onto Ernest Johnson, who basically just had the AAF and whatever college career he had. <laughs> but you have a guy who's led the NFL in rushing, still there and not going anywhere. And guess what? He's also really involved in the pass game. So I don't know where Johnson is making inroads here. You know, Hunt is an awesome pass catcher. He's a great runner. The Browns like to run the ball. That's the only saving grace is the Browns run so much that, you know, Johnson's going to get something. But that situation to me, I would, and we talked about this on Monday also, I would have rather had Josh Jackson uh, than, uh, than Johnson just because I feel like at least Josh Kelly is at least a little unknown. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt is a known really good commodity. Uh, and that's where my problem with Johnson was. Well, it puts a smile on my face because I'll tell you this. I put in my leagues that I needed a running back, not just a stash, but that I actually needed a running back. I put $17 of the 93 on Ernest Johnson, and I had in that budget in two different leagues. Didn't get him in either one, obviously. Went for a lot more than that. For Justin Jackson... I put. Justin, I called him Josh Jackson. It's okay. Justin Jackson. You're right. It's okay. <laughs> Wasn't he a mighty duck, Joshua Jackson? He, wasn't there a? Isn't there somebody in the NBA, Josh? Jackson? There is. There is a Joshua Jackson in the NBA as well. Yes, but in this case, Justin Jackson, I threw down eleven dollars and I got him. I was very happy with that. So with Justin Jackson, I mean, when Eckler does come back in the next what four to five weeks, then. You know, Justin Jackson, let's just say, is outperforming Joshua Kelly and the Chargers want to commit to the run to take pressure off of Herbert a little bit more as he continues to develop. Then, okay, here's what I just did. I put a low investment for a what should be small Band-Aid that does have a little bit of upside potential to it with the stock if that Joshua Kelly, who's been fumbling, continues to do so. And I got him for 11, and I didn't have to give up half my budget. I didn't have to give up almost like 15 percent that's how that's you a, do it that's what i'm saying I, I just think that jackson is in a better situation yeah we all like kelly lots of us have roster kelly uh but let's face it he had a good, good game maybe two he had the 20 carries in the one game but he's not proven uh you know he should be better than jackson but he might not be yeah i, and, think, and pe- I think people though ryan I, and this is just again and i feel like i have a really good beat on the casual player And I feel like people are going to be like, well, when Marlon Mack got hurt, Jonathan Taylor just grabbed all the carries and went like that. This is a rookie now has the opportunities. And it doesn't always work like that. 
No, certainly doesn't. And Jonathan Taylor, you know, came into the draft as, as you know, if the one or two uh, running back. So I think I do think it's a little different. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that that Jack, the you know, Justin Jackson is going to come in and light the world on fire. I just think his opportunity is better th- than the Cleveland situation. Dude, dude, if I have to start Justin Jackson in at this point, my flex in that league that I was talking to you about, where I have jo- where I have now, I'm saying Josh Jackson, no <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Mark Ingram, and then I have <laughs> Chase Edmonds and him as my core. Then if I have to start Justin Jackson, all I'm asking, the few weeks that I have to start him, that the band-aid that he is, 10 points and a half point PPR. That's all I want. That's a band-aid right there. Get me 10 to 12 points and I'll flap my arms and be yay. <laughs> the other good thing, you know, he is a, a nice, a long, long-term. I mean, Eckler's not coming back anytime soon. It was a pretty significant hamstring injury, so I think it's going to be at least a month, month and a half before we see him. And not that Chubb's coming back anytime soon either. But uh, and you know what? If it's six weeks, we'll worry about that six weeks from now. You know, you, something else will have happened by then, uh, hopefully to remedy your situation. And if not, then you know you're screwed going to the playoffs. But at least you, 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 know, you, you got through those weeks. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't come too often. Well, where Saquon Barkley kind of thing, where it's the entire season. Unfortunately for Saquon Barkley, he doesn't have an actual guy behind him who's going to be productive. But uh, that would have been a perfect situation for somebody that you knew was out for the year. Uh, but you know, this is like you said, this is the situation we have this week. I think you have to to go with what you have, and you know, neither situation right. is really ideal. But uh, I think the one without the all-world running back there already is is a little more appealing, at least for me. Yep, no, and that's the thing. And I mean, I'm just thinking about those running backs that went in the first round and thinking about it right now. I mean, McCaffrey's hurt. Saquon's hurt. Zeke is being Zeke. Except that last game, I thought it would be utilized a little bit more. That was, was a little strange, a little bit weird. Alvin Kamara has been worth every penny. Dalvin Cook has been worth it as well. So the players that we thought were problems, other people. Miles Sanders, I thought, has been pretty underwhelming thus far. Definitely. And but, with that, I mean, who else is there? Derrick Henry? What do you think of Derrick Henry thus far? I mean, it's fine, but he missed the game already. Right, exactly. Like, he, he, I think he's been yep. what he's been. He's been a, a little bit less than we've, we've hoped for. But, you know, those games are coming if, if they ever get back on the field. Michael Thomas has been hurt. And then you have Joe Mixon, who was toggled between the first and second round, who's been until that Jacksonville game very underwhelming. Very, very underwhelming. Kenyon Drake. Hasn't really done much. They got to throw him the ball, Ryan. It's the only way. It's the only way you get him more involved. He's not doing anything on that ground. No, he's not. And and like we talked about on Monday, you know, all those targets going to Chase Edmonds is a huge red flag. Uh, and again, through chat rooms and Twitter and everything, people are, are falling in love with Chase Edmonds. I think it's still premature. Uh, you know, he still was not getting very carries. He had one game where he had five catches. Uh, but up until this point, Edmonds hasn't really fit into Drake's carries very much. So I I, I think Drake will still be fine to start this week. Uh, he's got a pretty good matchup. Uh, I, I think it's premature to chuck Edmonds just yet, uh, just because he had a few catches and the rush and the receiving touchdown. Right. I'm really and from what I read, he may have some long term standalone value. I know they really like him a lot. They want to get him more involved, but they still have Kenyon Drake. That's at the end. And when he's not running well, what did the Bengals do with Mixon? They threw to him a little bit more and saw that success. They got to start doing that with Kenyon Drake. If they're going to have any kind of success, this Cardinals team 
Yeesh, that's all I'm going to say. I'll say this with Kyler Murray. I mean, look, the fantasy stats look amazing, but if you watch him, he doesn't look amazing, something that Howard and I were talking about a little bit earlier. So it's just one of those things where you got to watch the games a little bit. Other first-round picks, I mean, Nick Chubb is hurt right now. Some of you drafted Austin Eckler. He is hurt right now. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs hasn't been crazy, crazy amazing. He had his one big week, but not mm-hmm. – not what you would think first round pick would do. Nothing like nuts. So those the first rounds been pretty messed up thus far, Ryan. Yeah, so far Kamara and Cook are looking like the class of it. Uh, I think Jacobs had a couple of rough matchups. I think hopefully that he will be okay. Uh, Michael Thomas, I think, will be back this week, so that helps him out. I think McCaffrey's probably one more week till he's back. So hopefully uh, the first round is going to start to look a little bit better in the second third of the season. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been rough so far. If you really had to, that's why we always say every roster spot in fantasy football is gold. It's it just you, that's why you have a guy who's out for four or six weeks. It's really hard to just sit on him unless it's somebody really good. Uh, and this year is proving it more than ever. The waiver wire is just so important, uh, and it's it's hitting us big time. Like you said, all these first round picks uh, going down. Right. And the more paranoia that we have regarding this waiver wire, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have people like me who the first few weeks missing and whiffing on bids right and left. I'm just going to start picking up when it's the free for all portion of waivers. I'm just going to start picking up backups with open spots that I have and just hope that someone, I mean, I'm not never going to root for an athlete to get hurt, but if an injury does land, I don't have to worry about it. I've got the guy ready to go. So that's what's going to happen in your leagues. And if there's a lesson learned, don't think so far into the future. Play the short game. Even if you're undefeated as well, you still have to protect your roster. And something I didn't do a good job of explaining during Fantasy Alarm Sports Talk that I want to just get to a second chance to explain, and this is my second chance, is that I'm not saying that you have to go and change your team and pick up that, as Howard put it, flavor of the week player Every single week. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you should always be looking at waivers. You should make a watch list for yourself. And you should have one spot on your roster that if something big opens up, you're not married to your entire roster and you have no problem putting a bid out there. I didn't do a good enough job explaining that before, Ryan. And I don't want to misguide people ever. I want to help them win. That's that's what I'm about. Yeah, that's what we do. That's why we're here. I mean, if, if there's not people coming and listening to us and following us and reading our articles and watching our videos and listening to you on Sirius, then what the hell are we doing? We're just talking to ourselves. Exactly. And now I'm getting to hang with my guy, Ryan Hallam here. And Ryan, let's talk about the idiot of the week here. Now you've done this before and it's very simple. It's a simple exercise. All you got to do is Pick an idiot of the week. It could be anyone. We try to stay away from the political, but sometimes the rules are broken. But idiot of the week, who might that be for you? Uh, and, I, and I don't know the exact answer to this because I haven't seen the the core of it. But whatever Tennessee Titans started this crap is my idiot of the week because we were doing so well through three weeks. Uh, the NFL was going off without a hitch. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it was like baseball, there was guys going to strip clubs and nightclubs and dinners and everything. So I have to admit that I don't know the, the base cause of all of this. I'm just, Oh, I'm going to of... tell you, I'm going to tell you the base cause of all of this. They Go broke protocol. Of course they, they did. practiced. They matter rather they practiced or worked out rather. They met up when they weren't supposed to. They're idiots. I was going to tell them too. And I think they deserve a double shot of idiot of the week here because 
How you were in COVID. We're in a pandemic. We had a br- outbreak and, and you're getting together for workouts. Yeah, that's a good team mentality. Great. Now you might not even get to play. You already had your bye week. Did you not learn your lesson? Idiots. Adam Humphreys, idiot. Corey Davis, idiot. It's, yeah, they had the two, you know, uh, clean days and then ba-boom, here we are again. I hate that, man. I, I, I got to be honest. And I knew, I knew this was going to happen at some point. But then I was like, okay, let's now have a few weeks before the next I wake up and we have COVID news threatening the season and, and this and that. But the Titans ruin everything. I saw something that there was some health official with the NFL saying that they weren't above shutting everything down for a week or two to get everything under control. But I I really don't think we're at that point. Obviously, Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, and and a practice squatter from the the Patriots are out there. There was a report of a Raider. I didn't see if that that had came through. I didn't see who it was, but I saw the the Rossini report. that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like a Camara thing where it was a false positive or if that guy is just not important enough to talk about in the news. Uh, but, you know, we're getting dribs and drabs. It, it's starting to, to build a little bit more uh, with each day. So hopefully uh, – I'm still shocked that Cam Newton was the only one in the Patriots actually played last week. So I'm hoping that <laughs> Stephon Gilmore, whatever he did, was by himself too and the, and the Patriots get to play. But we've got two games that are in a little bit of trouble right now here on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And that's why you got to offer substitutions. Even though we have a little bit more time, and if a ruling is made tomorrow, it does give us a little bit more time. I still think that you offer your league substitutions. I think that's fair. I think that's what you do. I think it's 2020. We just want to make it to the end of the season. We've got a long way to go. And that's why I think that we just do everything we can to make fantasy football as fair as possible. And for all of you traditionalists in the language wasn't written in the contingency plan, then guess what? I don't give a crap. These are the times we're dealing with. Back a couple of months ago, I didn't know that if, hey, outbreak happened, there's a chance the game still gets played. I figured things would get would be done with, and not 48 hours later, you have the team out there playing football, okay? No one knew that. Nobody knew that. Here's the other thing. You're not picking up Derrick Henry as a substitute. Let's look at everybody's waiver wires. You're picking up somebody that you're praying will get you 10 fantasy points. You're not picking up some well, all-star. That's well, gonna- Ryan, here's the problem. And this is what I was telling Howard. who's was like, well, you should have learned your lesson. I'm going to be like, well, Howard, let me tell you about this, that the Patriots and Chiefs, who the game was in limbo, they were not given a COVID designation. Adam Humphreys, and the game was on the bye. So for the, for the Steelers-Titans. But Adam Humphreys was given a COVID designation because he actually physically has it. So if you have him, you could put him on your IR spot. You can't put on Yahoo any of those Patriots or Chiefs on the IR spot. You're screwed. You're stuck. They're dead bench spots at this point. So, yeah, I don't – yeah, I can have all the rules I want. But then I need to know that these sites and all of them, ESPN and Yahoo included – are going to give these players COVID designation. That way I can put them on IR for the week and pick up somebody else and start them in their place. Otherwise, you must give me a damn substitution. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm saying is these traditionals that you're talking about, it, it, you're not, it's not like you're altering People went after course. me, Brian. Oh. I thought I was doing a nice thing for my league. I always do nice. I'm too nice of a commissioner. That's a fault. That's a downfall of me. I'm too nice. And people were still going after me. You broke a rule. Well, that's what you get for being on Twitter.
I know. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you got to learn to let those let those trolls roll off the shoulders. Well, it's, yeah, it's not. Let's just say it's Twitter. It's also other radio hosts as well. Let me just uh, that. So well, yeah. They, they told me it was the dumbest thing they ever heard, and I'm like, no, you're the dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah. I, yeah, you have to tell me who it is off air, but yeah, I know some people on there who are the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, please. Okay, yeah, I've seen, I, you want to get in the name-calling battle? It's like, I've seen Waterboy enough times that I can respond to anything you got with, your name is Needle Dick. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what we're bringing to the family table, Mr. Hallam, because we brought a lot already. We talked about waivers. We talked about what to expect from these offenses. We talked about COVID. We also talked about the idiots of the week, which we both collectively agreed upon would be the Tennessee Titans for being stupid idiots and morons. So, Ryan, we're each going to bring five things to the family table. Now, this is only the second time we've done this, and it could be anything. It could be a motivational quote. It could be something fun you did. It could be what you want for your birthday. It could be a player you like. It could be an article you want to promote. So, Ryan, we're going to go back and forth here, and we're just going to talk it out a bit. What's the first thing you're bringing to the family table on Family Times? Well, the first thing I would want to talk about is actually fantasy football related, and it's going to be someone we, we spoke about very briefly and someone who's coming back from injury that I want to get your opinion on for week five, and that is Michael Thomas. Just come back from the high ankle sprain. We talked about this when it happened. You know, they tend to linger. It's only been a few weeks. Comes back, he's got a tough matchup against the Chargers. Uh, how do you feel about putting him back in your lineup? So, uh, it, you know, chances are he's still not 100%, although he's coming back. Traquan Smith looking a little bit better. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is, is all world at running back and doing just fine at carrying the offense. Is there any scenario, obviously, you know, your, your team's in trouble – is there any scenario where you don't put him back in your lineups as soon as he comes back? Yes. I have to see a very heavy snap restriction. That's the only thing. And it's harder with wide receivers than with running backs. because And, and an example I go back to was from a few years ago, Corey Clement. Because with the Eagles, when they were going through their entire revolving door of running backs for the seven years that they did as after LaShawn McCoy left, then... You know, I was wondering because I remember I was very thin at running back. Shocker. That's been the story of my life pretty much. Thin at running back. And I needed to determine on a Thursday night whether to start Corey Clement. They, we were told he'd get 10 to 12 carries max. Okay, now I know what I'm going to get if I start him. With wide receivers, it's very hard because snaps and targets aren't directly linked and correlated. You can be in on very few snaps but still get targeted in those snaps. So, I would need to see very heavy restrictions on either for me to consider not. But Kenny Galladay was still hurt. James Conner, people thought, were still hurt. I am going to start Michael Thomas in all four of the lineups that I have him, unless I see that very heavy tag of limitation. You? Yeah, I have him in one. I was surprised. I didn't think I had him at all. But then I went through all of my leagues, and I did have him in one. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, like you said, they, like the 49ers with Debo Samuel last week, they said he's not going to have his normal role. And not that Debo Samuel is anywhere near Michael Thomas, but if the coach is telling you outright that they're going to limit the guy, uh, then certainly you have to think twice about it. And the Chargers secondary is pretty good. So I, I, I don't, I haven't heard that. I mean, I haven't heard he's a You don't bring yet, but... Michael Thomas back to test him out. You bring Michael Thomas back, the best receiver in football, when you know and he knows that he can play. I agree. 
I think with the 49ers as well, and, and by the way, yeah, okay, I'm going to add to Idiot of the Week quickly. Anyone that started Debo Samuel, come on, man. Come on. Okay, you proved me wrong. He didn't miss the entire season. He didn't miss half the season. He missed a few weeks. But come on, it's his first game back. Everything that you saw said he was going to be eased in. How desperate can you be to start him? I get the excitement you're getting Debo back, but just wait and see what exactly you're dealing with the damaged goods, man. Especially with a backup quarterback. Right. I mean, I'm not even taking that into account. It's just we knew that he wasn't going to get a lot of action. Yeah, absolutely. When an established receiver is questionable going in and hasn't practiced, maybe even missed the week before, and they play like you're asking me about Michael Thomas, yeah, hell yeah, I'm playing Michael Thomas. If I go down, I go down with that chip. Because I'd rather go down with that chip than he's on my bench and gets 35 points and I feel like the biggest idiot going and probably lost my match. <laughs> so that's the way I see it. That's I, I'm glad you brought that to the table. I really am. Me too. Yeah. Good job. So, Ryan, number one. See, you've already beaten Impemba and Cells. So you might be back here more often than you think, Ryan. You might have just walked into a, another weekly assignment here on FA. So Just what I need. Mean. Beware. I am going to bring – the first thing I am going to bring to the table is I'm actually going to go to the NBA because I happen to think that this series between the Heat and the Lakers is over. Me too. And the game was close. The Heat have done everything they can. It can't sustain, in my opinion. Seeing Tyler Hero hit every other shot, that is not going to sustain next game. And that is the only way the Heat are going to stay in it. Bam Adebayo returned. He's clearly, and I'm not just saying this from the stat sheet, he's not moving the same. He doesn't provide the same impact. Anthony Davis is eating him the hell up. And so... Thinking of what the Heat did, I have mad respect for them. They lost Goran Dragic, who I'd be shocked if he plays, and it's not even going to look like he's playing. He's a tear in his heel. He can barely stand up. But I admire their heart. I admire their system. I think they're fun to watch. They've always been fun to watch. They gave Milwaukee trouble in the season before the stoppage happened. However, the road ends here, and the Lakers are going to win the championship. And if they don't win it, in game five, they are going to win it for sure in game six, like my original prediction had of Lakers in six. I definitely think that they were the most talented team coming into this. Uh, I think people were excited for the Heat. Obviously, they had pulled a couple upsets to get there. Uh, you know, they clearly weren't the favorite when the bubble started, uh, although I know they've played very well in there. Uh, but I think the two best players are on the same team. You know, Jimmy Butler with the triple-double with the 40 points the other day, obviously, was very impressive. Uh, but I think this was, uh, I don't want to go so far to say David versus Goliath, but uh, I, I think the Lakers were clearly the better team. Up 3-1, it would be an absolute, absolute shock to see them win three in a row uh, to right. take the title from LeBron. I mean, if there's any year it's going to happen, it's this year. This is the year that we've seen 3-1 and one not be good enough when it comes to closing it out. And ask the Denver Nuggets about that. They were the comeback kids. Here's the thing that the Lakers did that I thought was brilliant and very, very smart. And I got to give, I don't know if it was Frank Vogel, an assistant coach, whoever's idea this was, I got to give a lot of credit. They put Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler and that changed everything, slowed him down. And that's big because here's the thing with Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler, unlike Tyler Hero, who can hit a three very quickly, shoot very quickly, doesn't need a lot of time. Jimmy Butler doesn't really shoot threes. 
So everything he's doing is slowing down a bit. So a big man who isn't as quick as a quick guard has that time to set up and square up against that player at the elbow, and that's Jimmy Butler. He doesn't really shoot threes. So if I'm Jimmy Butler, and if anyone from the Heat's watching this, I start the game by having him set up at the arc and have players screen him out so that he could show that he can hit some threes, draw out Anthony Davis, and then start attacking them until he adjusts. That's the only way you need a lead early. So that's my number one. Ryan, your number two, what are you bringing to the table? All right, I'm going to go right to the table, and I'm going to say, and this has been a weird year, of course, 2020, with uh, with COVID and everything. So, you know, some of us have not exactly been going out to eat at other tables, but let's talk about when we did. What is your favorite type of restaurant to go out to, Justin Fensterman? If you need time to think about it, I'll go first. <laughs> sushi. Okay. You know, I never really ate sushi much in my life until maybe the last few years, and I've come way around on it. Oh, I think that's I never really tried it. It's but now art. That I have it's art. It's amazing. You got to like fish. And here's the thing. And this is how awesome of a wife I have. My wife doesn't even eat seafood, but she'll go to the sushi spot with me. And they normally have like a chicken teriyaki dish or something like that. And then I eat my four rolls. <laughs> I go Mexican. Mexican is my number one. Uh, it's just hard to argue with, you know, just like cheese and beef or chicken. and Dude, just... table salsa, man. I'm sold, bro. Yeah, yeah. Mexican is certainly we've gotten to this this one place that is is the best here in town. Uh been hitting up the steak tacos lately, uh, which has just been amazing. So Mexican's my number one. But sushi, yeah. Sushi I've come around on the last few years is is certainly flown way up my list. So that's your that's what you're bringing to the table that your favorite yeah. spot to go out with. Okay, so I will piggyback off that now. Since you like Mexican and what I had for dinner tonight, I had Chipotle tonight. So that's garbage though. Okay. First of all, it's not. Second of all, Ryan, you can earmuff it because now I'm going to tell everybody that does like Chipotle like me, like James Grande, for instance. I'm going to tell you guys the three ways to beat the system when it comes to Chipotle. And, you know, it might have updated the system over the years, but this is how I've always been able to do it. Number one, you can buy a Chipotle gift card for $90 and he normally will give you $10 free on that card. So you get a free meal out of it. So there you go, one free meal. Number two, if you don't want to pay for the chips, what you could do is you can ask for a few hard taco shells with your order and then crush them up yourself, and voila, you've got chips. And then the third, the third, and this is the, this is the one with the biggest success rate. If you want more meat on your burrito bowl, or your burrito, what you do is you ask for half and half. Half one meat, half another meat. Because unless it's their first day on the job, you're more often than not going to get two scoops and only have to pay for half and half. Trust in just, that's what I'm bringing to the table. I don't want to eat in places where I'm getting my food scooped. Go to a freaking mom and pop Mexican restaurant wherever you live which I think is somewhere in Maryland or somewhere around there, and go to a real restaurant and stop going to the goddamn food, fast food where they're scooping your food into a bowl and it's going to taste a whole hell of a lot better. It's and naturally it's, braised chicken. Yeah, sure it is. And it's McDonald's free is range you, chicken. Yeah, McDonald's <laughs> is giving you real chicken in their nuggets now too. <laughs> oh my God. What did someone say about Taco? Someone said something to me about Taco Bell the other day. That's gross. I can eat that garbage too. Chipotle is at least a step 
up from Taco Bell. It's like Subway for Mexican food. Oh my, yeah, that's terrible. Don't ever. It's say like, it again. Dude, it's like four people sitting behind the counter, like beans, meat. <laughs> yeah, what's <laughs> wrong with that? Have you ever been to a buffet? Yeah, but that's different. It's the same it's thing. Just... It's not different. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Some people, you, you hear about all the combinations. Some people only like corn on their bowl, you know? They don't like anything else. I've never met someone like that, but I've seen it, you know? it's That's it. Go to a real restaurant, please. I do. It is a real restaurant. It's not you, a real restaurant. You can't, I was going to say you could dine in. You can't dine in still. If there's hundreds of them everywhere, it's not a real restaurant. Actually, you can dine in now. And yeah, I don't we have dine some in. In, We have some at ours. There's yeah, some well, tapes there. I've I never done it. dined in a restaurant since late February. Oh, I haven't either. Oh, I haven't either. Yes, it's been a long time. I the miss- only reason I go to Chipotle like twice a year, and that's because I'm involved in the local SPCA here in, in Ulster County where I live. And about twice a year, they give a portion of the, the receipts for the night to the animal shelter. So that is the only times I eat at Chipotle when part of the money goes to the shelter. Dude, at least go on Halloween where you can get like a free burrito or whatever. I can pay for food. It's okay. <laughs> Jesus, okay. <laughs> You're sensing the pattern here. I like a free lunch, Ryan. How? I, <laughs> I don't want diarrhea in a bowl. Thank you. Okay. What's your number three? I don't even know. That's lost all train of thought now. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Okay. Here's here's one. This is completely off topic, and I have no idea if you have any thoughts on this whatsoever. Uh, I leased a car for the first time. The last, the car that I have now, it is up in two months. Are you a car leaser? Do you have a car buyer? Uh, do you have an opinion on this? On leasing in general. Yeah. Is yeah, that a good? So, so I have leased. I am on my fourth Honda Civic. My fourth okay. straight Honda Civic. Least. So you're a leaser. I am a leaser. I'm sorry. My I'm sorry. I've had three, not four. So I'm on my third, but likely heading for a fourth. So I am a leaser. Yes. I, I, I like the car I have, uh, but I'm not opposed to a new one. I guess I'm going to find out exactly what the finances are. But this is the first time I leased. So I'm, I'm trying to look for kind of looking for opinions over the next couple of months uh, before I get ready to go. So anyone listens to this, hit me up on fighting at fighting chance on Twitter. Give me your leasing story. Uh, if that is something I should should continue or or not. I, I've had a good experience. I try when I negotiate, I tried to be like, look, at this point, and this was my story, at this point, I've bought two or three cars from you already. I would just like to pay exactly what I'm paying now with the newer model of my Honda Civic. And I have never run into trouble when doing that. And it's a very easy sale. The funny thing is when I went into the, to get the car, and I, at least because I wasn't in good financial shape at the time so it was kind of a it was a good way to get a new car and not be in real trouble so i went into the dealership i, I sat down at the guy's desk and i noticed his fantasy football team up on his monitor so while we were talking i'm like hey can i can i check that out for you and uh so we ended up talking and we talked a lot of fantasy football and then we went and, and test drove the car which of course had its free trial of Sirius. and on the, the car at the time was the fantasy alarm show so i was like hey i used to be on that show down the channel that we're listening to right now. So the guy was uh, was kind of cool about it. So I don't know if that helped me at all, but that was my leasing experience that fantasy football came in and, and helped me out at least. Well, that's cool. That's a good story. It's yeah, what are the chances? What are the chances Howard Bender and Jim Bowden were on the exact same time I was, tra- you know, test driving a car? Yeah, okay. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll tell a little story. I'll tell a little story from the, from the past there. 
that used to be on Fantasy Alarm. So I, I remember when you guys first joined the when fan, the Fantasy Alarm show first joined Sirius XM in the fantasy. I believe it was late 2010, and I was producing at the time evening shows, late afternoon evening shows for the Fantasy Channel, and I remember that when you know my boss Matt Deutsch emailed us and said, you know, hey, you know, this is Jeff and Ryan. Can you get them on your shows? Get one on one day, get the other on the other day so you can promote their show, the Fantasy Alarm shows starting on Sirius XM. Sure, no problem. I was kind of, when when this was going, the back and forth was going on, I was in studio focusing on another show. And I, <laughs> and I, I coordinated with my hosts and I emailed you guys. It was the first time I reached out to you and Jeff Manns as well. And I emailed and I coordinated. I'm like, okay, Ryan, you can come on Friday at this time. And Jim, you can come on <laughs> at this time on Thursday. And Deutsch he replies all immediately in all caps, just goes, it's Jeff. <laughs> I, so that's why whenever you hear me go on Sirius XM with Jeff Mans and he's like, fat stay, what's up? I'm like, Jimmy, how you doing? <laughs> I did not know that story. That's yeah, the first so if time you I ever hear, hear me call one. Jeff Mann's Jim or Jimmy, that's the reason why. That so was fun. We, you, we were, did that. you were involved in that story, and yeah, that's been a running I, joke for 10 years now. <laughs> I did not know that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's we did that. Get to the table, Hallam. We did that, what, 15 or 10-year reunion show, 10-year reunion show uh, during quarantine. That was a lot of fun to get on with Jeff again and Howard and Jim. It was, it was fun to... Uh, yeah, Talk about I, 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 I got with the nostalgia because I would always I would always listen to you guys and I'd be like, man, because look, I was working other shows and they were a little bit more straight laced and talked fantasy <laughs> sports. You guys didn't. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we did. You sometimes would, but the, the, the way you were with the callers too is just just incredible. That's and that is why we still keep. Our fantasy alarm shows fun. You guys were the trendsetters, so I appreciate that. Ryan, you got me off track. Stop distracting me. I believe you're on what Sorry. number three or four? Number four. Uh, sure, I, I've lost track too. Oh, is it my turn? I thought it's your turn. No. Oh no. Okay, yours. All right. So let's see. Uh, what uh, what TV show or binge or Netflix or so are you into right so now? It's funny you say that. So I'm actually about to start a show that I I am told by everybody. I'm going to love, and I'm okay. going to watch it quickly. Karate Kid, or Cobra Kai, rather. You know, I haven't watched that. I am interested in it. it it's on the list. We haven't got to it yet, but I have also heard very good things about so, it. Uh, so right now what's ending is Double Shot at Love with Vinny and Paulie G. Uh, Paulie, Paulie D and Vinny G. Are you serious? Yeah. I like trash what? reality shows, bro. Dude, what the hell? Dude, it's sports and trashy reality TV. I, I've only seen commercials for that, and a few times I tried that garbage show, The Challenge, and I cannot believe you watched that show. The girls are very pretty. Uh, I, there's lots of pretty girls on lots of shows. I agree with that. So, oh, continue. Man. I just finished Utopia, which was on Amazon Prime, which was a pretty good show. John Cusack was in it, among a few others. It was it was it started out like this nerd comic book kind of thing, and then it turned into this horrifically violent crazy uh number of hours that if anyone swat needs a show and has amazon prime i give my suggestion of utopia is it is certainly worth eight hours of your life oh utopia very utopia. nice very good all right 
I'm going to bring my next thing, something I'm very excited about. The Borat movie. The second yeah. It's coming out, bro. I can't wait. I can't wait. I get it. I know the first one was ridiculous. I know it would never have come out during these times. But look, I'm sorry. And, and look, I'm not going to go into it. I'm the religious and everything like that. I'm Jewish and everything. Okay, I'll say that. I thought it was funny. All right. I was. I just thought the whole movie was funny. The best part at the end was when this, they say before the credits, please rise for the singing of the Kazakhstan National Anthem. <laughs> and it's the song he made up at the rodeo. Dude, I'm hoping to God this second one is not a letdown, bro. Did you watch the trailer? I did, dude. It's funny. It is. The trailer funny. was funny. It is funny, but I'm really hoping that it is not a letdown. I, I think he can pull it off again. Uh, I, I think it's going to be good. I watched it's the trailer. I someone, better, someone better lend me their Amazon Prime whatever so I can Prime video so I can watch it. Oh, is that where it's coming out? Yes. I would lend you mine, but I'm already borrowing somebody else's, so I don't okay. know that I can hand out a third-party Amazon Prime password. <laughs> we'll take uh, all right, yeah, yeah. I traded uh, a batch of buffalo chicken dip for Hulu, and I was lucky enough that someone else gave me their Amazon Prime. So I'm. I, oh my uh, god! I, I wish I could trade my buffalo chicken dip for stuff. Ah, well, you got to try. You got to ask. That was a former coworker of mine before I was lucky enough to land here at Fantasy Alarm. That was uh, nice enough to to give me that. So uh, yeah, I have two of the actually three of the four streaming services that I currently have in my home are not being paid out of my Good credit for you, man. Moment. So See, you, work you like, I, I can pay for my cable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the funny thing. We were talking about, <laughs> I, have a, I have a really nice TV, but it's old. So it's old to the point where it doesn't update anymore to like get new apps. So we have HBO, but the, the TV wouldn't update for the HBO Max app. So we're like, shoot, what are we going to do? So you can get it through Hulu, but you have to pay like a little bit more money. So we're like, oh, it's not our Hulu. So that kind of, so I said to my wife, I'm like, you know, we could just stop being cheap bastards and actually pay for our own Hulu. Like we could afford it. (laughs) But then we went and got a Chromecast instead. So now we're still paying off somebody else's Hulu. But yeah, uh, yeah, I get, it's the difference between food, you know, something you're putting in your body and and a streaming service. Uh, But yeah, I guess I'm a little hypocritical on that. You got me. Yes, I did. And it's okay, man. It's it's been a lot of fun here. All right, Ryan, the caboose, your final thing you're bringing to the table. All right. You ready? It's a question for you. Oh, boy. I'm ready. All right. So Monday before the stream, your dog was barking uncontrollably. Afterwards, was there poop on the floor? A hundred percent. A hundred and fifty freaking percent. I almost texted you, too. Nice, large Dump on the floor. Screw you for putting me in the kitchen dump. And I knew it because at one point during the stream, she got quiet for about two minutes. And you're talking away, and I'm just thinking in my head, this dog is pooping on the floor right now. Uh, Go, Maddie. Not a good week for Maddie. She might be the idiot of the week also. Oh, my God. It has been it has been a very miserable week with Maddie, and hopefully she's not sick. We're going to the vet tomorrow. So, now how old is she? She is going to be yeah. She's about four and a half months. Okay, so when I got my dog, who's now six, 
my uncle's a vet and, and a couple of the people we know are, are involved with dogs and obviously the SPCA, like I said earlier. So I was told after about two years that they would be smart or get brains. Uh, it's, we're six years in. I'm still waiting for the brains. Uh, but it was, it was a good probably two and a half years before like the energy calmed down a little bit. So you're right. in for the long haul still, bro. Yeah, man. And look, like, it's fine. Like, the good thing is, you know, with my wife and I, we're very good with the communication. So we're constantly game planning. We game plan every single night for the next day. We game immediately. We thought, of, okay, what are we going to do? Because she's in, you know, she does therapy sessions because she's a speech pathologist. And she can't have Maddie in there barking the entire time because it distracts. I can't have, although you guys always tell me it's cool, it's funny. You you all know, you, Howard, John, and Pemba, you guys know I don't like when the dog's barking during the street. I know. When your dog's barking and stuff, like, I think it's funny. When it's mine, I'm thinking, oh, unprofessional, what's going on? I, can watch, I, can, I know you don't let it affect the stream, but I can see it in your face when it's happening. Yeah, it's just like, it's just hard. And then when I'm hearing out of left field, like the barking just makes it annoying. So from now on, luckily, we have a fenced in backyard that's right outside my home studio. So now I can just be like this during our streams and just look away every <laughs> 10 minutes out of paranoia. So that's the that's the temporary solution right now. And with my number five thing, and no, John and Pemba, I'm not taking a shot at you. I know you've suggested this to me a thousand times. I don't want to get pee and poop pads for my dog. I don't want to endorse my dog going to the bathroom in the house. She will have no clue what the difference is, and I'll never, ever be able to get her to 99% of peeing and pooping outside. While some other people do it, I understand that's your thing. I don't want to endorse it, Helm. You've had a dog longer than me. Am I crazy? You know, I don't think it's such a bad idea. I, I do agree that once they get into a pattern, it, it is kind of easy. I, for some reason, it seems to be, you know, dogs that I've had, it, it hasn't been a long-standing thing. Obviously, right away, they're all kind of weird to it because they've never really been in a house before. Uh, but the one, we have two dogs, and the second one I got when we first got her, and I don't know if it was separation anxiety, every time we left the house, she would poop the floor. It didn't make a difference in the same spot in the living room every time we left the house. And it was like that for a good few weeks. Thankfully, she took large, solid dumps, and it wasn't really hard to pick up. Uh, but it breaks. And, and I imagine you've had her for a while now. I, I think you're just a, it's just a matter of time now. Uh, I think you're pretty much almost to the end of it. You yep. should be, anyway. Yep, and we took her out of her atmosphere on a trip to New York to see my family a few weeks back. So that's also the other thing i got to remember. Despite the fact that she's growing what seems to be five pounds a day, she's still <laughs> a little baby at heart, and i got to be patient. And that's what actually my final thing I'm bringing to the table is, is that all of you have to be patient out there. And that's making sure you build a solid foundation with your team, not making a zillion trades just to trade, not blowing your entire budget just to blow your entire budget. Also, for those undefeated, maintenance, that's very important when it comes to your teams. You never know. You might think you have the most running backs in the world. You lose two of them in a week. Now your depth is cut in half. You're not feeling so good anymore. How to control that is just by being involved and watching the waiver wire, not even picking up that necessarily. But you have to keep the faith and you have to be patient as well. And yes, I'm going to say it again, in 0-5, you can still come back. That's about it, though. you got to make a move. It's time to make a deal. You can't be married to the same team you drafted anymore if that's the case. 
because your season doesn't have to end that way. Make a move and hang with us. And Ryan's got a lot of content going on on FantasyAlarm.com. Our position coaches, our DFS playbook that comes out, the watch list that has come out. It's going to be a lot of content for you. But if you read it, you keep up with the radio shows and the live streams, you'll always dominate because there isn't any other option. You'll just win.